logged. The commanding officer is aboard. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Element Zero Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, aka N7 Lionheart, and I've been away for far too long. Um, I was kind of gotten out of hand the last uh, month or so. Uh, kind of had a lot going on, and I started a new job. I just kind of let things get away from me. I meant to have this out last month, or the month before that. It's just, like I said, things have been crazy. But I'm back. I'm trying to get stuff out, trying to get content out as quickly as possible, as consistently as possible. Um, We're going to be doing a lot of stuff. I'm going to be trying to do some stuff leading up to uh, Legendary Edition's release and stuff afterwards. We're going to be doing content afterwards, trying to stay consistent. Like I said, I just started a new job last month, and that kind of took up all my time. Not necessarily the job itself, but just getting used to it because I'm still getting used to the ebb and flow of it. It's something I haven't done before, so it's kind of weird for me. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, you know, life's been kind of hectic lately. I'm trying to get back into it. Um, so, at the time of recording, uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition is a week and a half away. Everybody, oh, it's just, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. I can't wait. Everything looks amazing. Um, there's going to be a new track. They finally showed it off uh, earlier this week, or where you can actually listen to it. They named it Resynthesis. Um, there's links to it for on um, the, our Twitter page, and it's really good. I really enjoy the new track. It sounds fantastic. Uh, also, EA has made a lot of old bonus content. Uh, from Mass Effect 2's Collector's Edition, Mass Effect 3's Collector's Edition, available for free online to where you can download it. Um, if you haven't, you should definitely go download it, including the Mass Effect 1. Uh, they also have Mass Effect 1's soundtrack available to download. Fantastic. You should definitely do that. I'm probably going to do that when I'm done <laughs> uh, recording this. Um, another cool thing, and this is all stuff that's just happened today. Today is a day of recording. So, by the time this gets out, you know, <laughs> it'll be, you know, last week. But, um, the key art creator. Um, you can make your own cover for Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, the same idea is going to be the same. You have Shepard's helmet, you have the Reapers in the background, you have Earth. Uh, you can change whether it's a Paragon, Renegade, or Neutral background. And you can change what characters are in the um, key art and where they're positioned at. And, you know, some of them can't be everywhere. Like, you can't have Grunt on the top row for some reason. You can also can't have Caden on the top row. It's kind of weird. But it's really cool how you can make your own. And it's fantastic. I've, been, I've probably spent about an hour messing around with it today, just today. And I still haven't found one that I think is my favorite. I'm going to keep working on it. <laughs> um, also, earlier this week, we got details about the day one patch. Um, it's relatively small, all things considered. It's... 11 or 12 gigabytes uh the size of legendary editions like 120 gigabytes so less about 10 percent of the original size um i'm not super worried about the day one patch almost every game that comes out now has a day one patch they find stuff when they're done working on the game it happens um they're just trying to fix that stuff you know, if it comes out and it's broken, I'll say, okay, yeah, it's broken. They shouldn't have released it in this state. 
However, day one patch does not mean the game is broken. It means that they found that they're still working, that they're finding they're still finding bugs. Games have bugs sometimes. It's okay. You know, I don't think it's going to be huge stuff. Hopefully it stays that way. But um I want to get into the meat of what this today's podcast is about. Um doing Mass Effect 2 retrospective. Um Looking back on my original Mass Effect retrospective, I kind of let it get out of hand. I wasn't very structured in how I did it, and moving forward, I want to keep my podcast relatively structured. Um, so I'm going to try to ke- cut it down on short in time. Um, also, I'm not going to be talking about the big story DLCs like Lair of the Shadow Broker, Project Overlord Arrival. I feel like those deserve their own podcasts episodes. So I will be going back and doing an episode about Lair of the Shadow Broker, Project Overlord, um, The Arrival. I could probably do Firewalker. There's not a whole lot to talk about with Firewalker. Um, <laughs> but when I do Mass Effect 3's retrospective, which is going to be next, it's going to be the same thing. The only difference is with Mass Effect 3's, I'm probably going to leave in all the... We're going to talk about the ending some, so that one I might run over on. But this one, I'm trying to keep everything concise, so hopefully I can stay within my time constraints that I'm looking for. Um, Mass Effect 2 released early 2010. Um, It was announced, though... I don't remember the exact when it was exactly announced. I just remember the Legion teaser trailer. I remember leading up to it, like G4 and all that, talked about, oh yeah, Mass Effect 2 announced, blah, 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 blah. Technically, they announced it before all this, but the official announcement. I remember the original teaser trailer and it showing all the little stuff popping up, uh, you know, the information about Shepard, you know, Savior of the Citadel did this, did this, did this. KIA. And I was like, what? And then, you know, we get the shot of the Geth looking down and saying, I am Legion, which for my money, for my money is probably the best teaser trailer that I've ever seen. Like it gives us just enough information to know. And then the badass reveal of one of the best characters in the entire series being Legion. And Legion is also one of my favorite characters. I adore Legion. Um, that was... I still go back and watch that trailer and it gives me chills just because of the unknowingness going into it of what's going on, thinking Shepard's actually dead. And then stuff going around all that. There was a lot of rumors around that time that we wouldn't be playing as Shepard. A lot of the rumors were saying we're actually going to be playing as another N7 looking for Shepard. And I, it was crazy. I thought, oh my god, what are we going to do without Shepard? Now that ended up not being the case, obviously. But, I mean, it was an in- it was interesting times. Um, after that, we got the big cinematic trailer. Um, it showed off Grunt, showed off Thane. Got a little bit of Jack in there. We got to see Miranda for the first time, really. I got to see the elusive man. We got, you know, sh- the awesome scene of Shepard, uh, Thane, and Grunt fighting the collectors on it looks like horizon but it's really not horizon um it's got the layout of horizon but the planet's not really horizon um it was a fantastic trailer i like i said i that's another trailer i go back and watch all the time and they actually 
include snippets of that on the Mass Effect 2 uh, um, start menu. If you sit there and let it, you know, wait for a little bit, it'll play snippets from it. It won't play the whole thing, obviously, but it'll play chunks from it. And it's really fun to watch. I enjoy watching it. And then we got some cool character trailers. Um, we got to see them animate the characters out. Like, I remember Jax being really cool. Where she basically talked about being angry and stuff. I don't remember getting any gameplay or uh, footage of her doing stuff. I just remember what her character model talking. And I think they did that with a handful of characters. I don't really remember the character trailers too much. I remember that one with Jack very specifically. Because I remember her mo face model looking so much better than the actual game. It just, you know, blew everybody away. And then, you know, right before the game came out, we had the big launch trailer. And I remember watching, seeing the launch trailer uh, on TV at my grandfather's house. And being totally shocked about what was going on because I thought Ashley was dead. Ashley's one of my favorite characters. We're gonna, when I get a chance to later on, when I you know can do some deep dives, I'll talk about why Ashley is one of my favorite characters. However, you know, thinking, oh God, Ashley's dead, and then seeing you know the Normandy, and then Shepard working with Cerberus, all that stuff, had the hamster on the wheels running. I didn't know what was going on. I was terrified. I was also really excited, <laughs> um, but the promotional stuff for Mass Effect 2 was just fantastic. They, the trailers were great. They, uh, I feel like they ticked every box that you really needed to with trailers. The only thing that they haven't that they didn't do that any game around that time frame did that was kind of made it stand out was what Dead Space did. Uh, with the little anime movies, and I love those little anime movies for Dead Space. Um, because I consider Dead Space Mass Effect adjacent for a handful of reasons, I will get into Dead Space at some point. Today is not the day, though. <laughs> um, anyways, so when we look at the actual gameplay for Mass Effect 2, um, they made a lot of improvements from the first one. Um, specifically in the gunplay department. Or in the uh, firefighting department. Um, they looked at what was out there and they saw that they were behind. Even reviews at the time of the original Mass Effect said that was one of the worst parts of the original. Is the um, using guns is not very fun. So what they did is they went in and they revamped everything. Uh... It really is very heavily based on Gears of War's cover system. Like, go if you go from playing Gears of War to playing Mass Effect 2, it, you feel... It feels very similar. Very, not samey, but similar. Um, there's, you know, some stuff that does kind of stand out. Like, the sprinting is obviously very similar. Uh, you don't have, like, the blind fire, but using the cover tactically is very similar in a lot of ways. And, I mean, even the guns doing different stuff. You know, an Avenger acts different from a Vindicator, acts different from a Matic, which, you know, DSL, DLC guns, but I'll talk about the DLC guns. Um, an Incisor acts different from a Mantis, acts different from a Viper, acts different from a um, Widow. 
like all the guns act different and they all can play a certain role with your party and a gun you get at the beginning uh, one of the starting guns you can use throughout the whole game if you know what you're doing with it not every gun's going to be like that the avenger gets outclassed very quickly however the mantis does not get outclassed at all unless you switch to the viper not the viper the mantis the widow <laughs> um but you can see like guns play different and then the addition of heavy weapons that played a huge role too because you know you have it's not necessarily a get out of jail free card but it's almost like a hey here's a op weapon that you can use sparingly you know if you're in a jam try using it might get you out of it and there are certain situations where those heavy weapons really do come in handy. Um, one of the pre-order bonus weapons, which I've had since I pre-ordered Mass Effect 2, um, and I've always loved, is the... Uh, it's called like the M490 Blackstorm. It's, I've always just called it the Black Hole Gun. And I remember the trailer for it, because it's a GameStop trailer, and it showed uh, Shepard running around in Terminus armor, and <laughs> they shoot the, the black hole gun, and the guy gets sh uh, uh, sucked into it, and uh, Shepard and Garrus are like, where'd he go? And then you find out that when they get sucked into the black hole, they actually end up in the toilet on the Normandy. It's so great. But that gun is great for crowd control, which if you play as a soldier like I do, crowd control can be an issue at times. Or if you have like the M920 Kane is a sometimes a one hit kill on bosses and that can bail you out. If you have a tough boss, you're playing on sanity, I like I need to get through this boss now, you fire the M920 Kane or the M yeah, the M920 Kane at it, blow a big ass hole in it, you're good to go. One thing I noticed about the gameplay fairly recently actually. I was messing around with some of the DLC weapons, specifically the Phalanx pistol. If you don't know, Resident Evil is one of my favorite, another one of my favorite franchises. And when you pull out the Phalanx and it pulls that that dot sight, the red dot sight. It's actually blue, but it's a red dot sight. You start realizing a lot of stuff, or you notice something if you're a Resident Evil four, if you played a lot of Resident Evil four. Um, and Resident Evil four revolutionized. Uh, third-person uh, over-the-shoulder combat it changed it and it games still use a lot of the stuff that RE4 did and you pull out that the phalanx and it uses that little dot sight and you realize you're using a combat system you're using RE4's combat system without the dot sight most of the time the difference is you know they instead of using a dot it's using crosshairs when you put that little dot on, when you change it to a dot, and you know you have the laser, when you change it to a laser sight, and you see how everything works, it's almost like playing Resident Evil 4. Like, you know, some stuff, it doesn't work the same. You shoot somebody in the head, they don't go, oh! You shoot them in the leg, they don't grab their leg. You know, it's not one-to-one, 100%, -one, but it's very similar, and you can see the chain of progression. It's awesome. You know, like I said, I love Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, noticing that was mind-blowing to me. Because I don't hardly ever use the Phalanx. I was just messing around. I was like, eh, I want to use the Phalanx for a change. And I noticed it, and I was like, oh, I'm playing Resident Evil 4. 
<laughs> with biotics and tech abilities, which that was that was, that was mind blowing at the time. And like I said, this was a few months ago when I did that. Um, actually, it might have been a couple years ago. I can't remember at this point. I don't think I did it on my last playthrough. That's neither here nor there. Um, They also, something they wanted to change with the uh, combat is they wanted to change the ability system. In Mass Effect 1, the ability system was you use an ability, it goes on cooldown, cool all your other abilities are available. The only problem was that the abilities are either really good or really, really terrible. Um, some of them, I don't know what purpose they served. Like, I'm sure they did something. It's really hard to tell what purpose they served other than opening other trees or other upgrade trees. The thing they did in Mass Effect 2 is they gave you a clear purpose for all of your abilities. However, because all your abilities have a clear purpose and at times they're overpowered, um, whenever you use an ability, all your abilities go on cooldown. Except for there's a couple of passive abilities, uh, Sentinels, um, uh, tech armor, I think, might be the, actually the only one, but the passive abilities just make everything, uh, all your cooldowns take longer. And I mean ammo abilities, but I don't think those really count because they don't slow down your, cooldown, or your cooldowns. Um, so yeah, they upgraded the ability system. I don't know if, I wouldn't say they made it OP, but they made the abilities to where they have a purpose and abilities by themselves, if you could spam them, you know, time after time after time, yeah, they'd be OP. But adding that cooldown system 
to where you can't use an ability then immediately use another ability changes the game. So I can't say I'm playing as an adept. I can't drop a singularity then immediately throw a warp. Now in Mass Effect 3 they changed that a little bit with the uh, cooldown with the uh, weight capacity and all that to where you could if you you know your weight capacity was low enough and you upgraded your abilities a certain way that makes sense but in Mass Effect 2 it was you use an ability all your abilities have its cooldown some abilities have longer cooldown than others um, concussive shot for instance for instance has like a three second cooldown Maybe it was six seconds. I can't remember off the top of my head. But Adrenaline Rush has like a 10 second cooldown. It might have even been 15 seconds. It's a noticeable cooldown. You're sitting there, you use Adrenaline Rush. You have to wait to use it again. Or to use any ability again for that matter. So that was a way for people to stop people from spamming abilities. But they also made all the abilities worthwhile. Uh, another thing they added, the interrupt system. So you're sitting there talking to somebody, uh, you'd get prompts for interrupts. The interrupt system is probably one of the most, the biggest things that stand out from ME2. My favorite, of course, is always the one when you're doing Thane's recruitment mission and you go up the elevator and this guy, there's this guy standing by a window and he's like, I won't tell you anything. Or I've got nothing left to say to you, and you can push him out the window. He goes like, oh. you push him out the window, and he screams on the way down. And then Shepard's like, "How about goodbye?" <laughs> That's a renegade interrupt. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, and you got like Paragon interrupts where um, Shepard can do stuff like knock something over to distract somebody. And was, I think that was on Thanes actually. Again, his uh, uh, loyalty mission where you can shoot something to distract his son and then gives you a chance to move in and uh save the day basically all that stuff is fantastic the interrupt system they did great they didn't change too much that i can tell on the morality side other than adding the interrupt system oh and you're not putting points into uh charm and uh, intimidate you have to get your paragon or renegade levels to a certain point to use those which that made sense. It helped you from having to put points into something that you weren't going to. That was only for that. That was nice. Some other stuff they did is uh, they really beefed up mission variety. Uh, especially in side missions. So like all your side missions are different. Classic example one you get right out of the gate is the uh, ship that's crashing into the colony. You go in there, you fight some Gath, you stop the ship from crashing. Okay. That's not going to play the same as the one that I mentioned before on a previous podcast about uh, Paul Grayson, where you find the uh, Adenia scout ship and you save the crew of the Adenia. That one you're fighting all, um, oh, what are they called? Varen. And it's just wave after wave of Varen. It doesn't play the same. Not even in the slightest. Like, yeah, there's combat involved, but it's not the same. And not to mention, they went out of their way to improve the side missions so they weren't all in samey looking buildings. Which, supposedly, Legendary Edition, they are fixing that for ME1. That remains to be seen, but they fixed that in ME2, which is fantastic. 
They added new hubs. Um, Citadel was the only hub in the first one. Hubs like Omega, Ilium, Tuchanka, those were great. They all have a little bit something different to offer. You can all buy different stuff. Love it. Always love a good hub. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're going to get into the story synopsis now. Uh, there will be spoilers involved. I mean, this is your first time playing Mass Effect 2. I highly suggest you stop here. Go play Legendary Edition. Come back and see me. Okay, so come back to see me. Either you've already played it or you just finished and are coming back to see me now. Um, <laughs> so Mass Effect 2 starts off. Everybody's on Normandy. Everything's fine. Then the Normandy gets blown to hell and Shepard gets spaced by some unknown alien force or ship. Um, Shepard has a moment with their previous love interest if they had one. Otherwise, it's just Liara, I believe. They, sh you know, Shepard is dead because they got spaced and in the title credits roll and uh, the title rolls. And then uh, there's this whole thing about them bringing Shepard back to life. Uh, this is when you get to recreate your character if you want. It's really cool because they update a lot of the stuff so you can rebuild your character if you want. And you can even respec your character. So like you don't want to play it because they changed the system so much. This was a perfect opportunity to change your class. And like they just, you know, if you went with your same class, it didn't really matter. But it was a perfect opportunity for you to change your class and then set you at like level you can start at level one, but I think if you, depending on what um, stuff you accomplished in the first game, you could be at like all the way up to like level five, I believe. Could be level three or level five, I can't remember which. And then you know, if you've beaten the game before, you can uh, do um, your bonus powers, which I'm a big fan of armor piercing ammo. I'm just saying. So you wake up on this space station. Security mechs are attacking. You find out you're working with that Cerberus resurrected you from uh, your new friend, Jacob. Uh, Jacob was former Alliance. Um, you came across him, and then you meet another guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and I don't feel like looking him up. Y'all start making your way to the last escape shuttle, and you meet this lady, Miranda, who you've seen a couple of times while you were waking up. And she shoots the other guy immediately. And you find out he was the one that caused everything. He was the betrayer. Oh, goody! <laughs> so Shepard, probably you can be distrustful of them. You can trust them. Uh, when you're on the shuttle afterwards, regardless, you have to go on the shuttle with them. Uh, when you're on the shuttle afterwards, you have to make the only choice from Aspect 1 that does not carry over. And that choice is who is the human ambassador? And it's either going to be Udina or Anderson. And let's be real, it's always Anderson because fuck Udina. He's a jackass. Um, get through that. Go talk to the elusive man. He tells you, human colonies have been disappearing and we think it's these people. And I think it's related to the collectors. And Shepard's like, well, I think they're, you know, if human colonies are disappearing and you might be related to the collectors. Okay, fair enough. Thank you for bringing me back to life. Um, they send you to this colony called Freedom's Progress. On Freedom's Progress, you meet an old friend. That's Tally. Tally is there. And she's with some uh, Quarians who are distrustful Cerberus. If you listen to my Paul Grayson episode, you know why. 
Um, basically, they're distrustful because Cerberus tried to kidnap a, a chased a female, a human female biotic to the Quarian flotilla and try to blow up a ship. And the Quarians don't take too kindly to that. Basically, they're there trying to find another Quarian that had come there on pilgrimage. Also, all the people there are missing. And that's what the all that's what's been happening to the colonies is people have been disappearing and had no heads or tails about where they went. You fight some mechs, the rest most of the rest of the Quarian team gets killed. Uh, you kill the big mech at the end. Uh, you run into Vitor, who is the Quarian, and he shows you security footage. And it confirms that the collectors are behind it. They're the ones that are kidnapping all the humans. You can be a dick about Vitor or let him go with Tally. Tally refuses to come with you right now because she's got stuff to do. At this point, you go back to... Uh, it's not Chron- It's really not Chrono Station, but it's just a space station. Um, you go back there, you talk to the Lucid Man some more. Joker shows up. Joker was the last person you saw on the Normandy. He was the person you went to go save. It was basically the reason why you got spaced. Um, he shows up. Y'all have a, t- a quick chat. And then you see the new ship that they got you. And then you rename it the Normandy. <laughs> so now you have the Normandy SR2. Because the original Normandy got blown to hell. Um, then you get your dossiers. Uh, there's a doctor that they need. Because those you find out there's these bugs I can't, called... Uh, Keeper swarms? No. Seeker swarms. Uh, that are that will incapacitate everybody. Um, they want him to develop a something to stop that. Um, so you go to Omega, which is a big space station. It's basically the opposite of the Citadel. It's where all the crime and stuff happens. Um, looking for Morden. Um, if you have the character DLCs, you can pick up Zaid here. Um, Zaid's awesome. He's basically super renegade shepherd. Uh, when you go to, when you're looking for information on Morden, you have to go talk to this lady whose name is Arya. You have to go talk to Arya. She gives you information about Morden and Archangel, who is another person you're looking for that is on Omega. In order to get to Morden, Morden's working in a clinic in this one neighborhood that's uh, got some kind of uh, quarantine going on because there's an outbreak. When you go there, you have to fight through a bunch of... And, like, humans are immune, which is really weird. Um, you have to fight through a bunch of uh, gang gangs and sick people to get to them. Uh, when you get to him, he asks you to... He's created a cure. He asks you to dispense the cure in the air systems, and he... And when you mention the collectors, he's like, well, I think the collectors might actually be involved with this because they're one of the few people that could do it. Fight your way. Um, there's another big gang, the Blood Pack, which are all Krogan and Vorcha are there. Vorcha are new, character, are new creatures. Um, they're like cockroach version, version of Krogan. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain. They're small. They're spiny. They have big teeth. Um... They hiss a lot. Mark Mir voiced all the Vorcha. It was really hard on his voice, apparently. <laughs> um, so anyways, so you fight through. You dispense cure. Morden comes with you. He starts working on the Seeker Swarms. You find out that he worked on the uh, Genophage. Not the Genophage. 
itself because he is Solarian. Solarians are short-lived. He worked on the on a project to fix the genophage. Basically, it was like not working right, and they went to fix it, make it work properly. Then you know you could go back to Omega, you look for Archangel. Archangel is a vigilante who is killing a bunch of mercenaries and crime lords and stuff. You fight, you know, you basically act like you're one of them, and then you go and you try to find Archangel, and you find out Archangel is actually Garrus. Big surprise! Um, when you're trying to, re and Garrus basically just pissed off all the gangs on Omega because he's been harassing them for months. At the end, he takes like a rocket to the face, and his face is fucked up. And you find out that his little squad that was helping him, all of them but one have died, and he's looking for the other one. And he's suffering from some—he's suffering some from some PTSD. You just don't know to what extent. Um, usually, at this point, I go to the Citadel, and I pick up Kasumi, who's a master thief. Uh, also. When you go return to the Citadel, you have to like register, re-register that you're alive, and get your you can get your Spectre credentials re-authorized um, and all this other stuff. You get to see Anderson again for sure, maybe, and you will see Udina, whether or not you like it. Uh, you can have another uh, conversation with uh, oh, what's her name, the reporter. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. And you can punch her again if you want. Um, there's a fun, funny scene where you can. Drink some ring call, pass out, and wake up next to a Turian who's peeing in the toilet or peeing in a urinal next to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, those are good times that we had on the Citadel this early. After that, you have two more uh, dossiers left: uh, Subject Zero and Professor Okir. I think is what it's called. Normally, what I do is I go after. At this point, I go after Subject Zero. You find out Subject Zero is a person who's a criminal, very strong biotic. Um, they're being held on this prison ship, who are run by the Blue Suns, which is another mercenary gang. They basically extort from planets uh, to uh, they take people prison, they take uh, prisoners, and then they extort to not release them back to the planet. Jack had a big bounty apparently, and Cerberus paid for the bounty to have her released. And then, when you get there, the Blue Suns try to take you captive because there's a big price on your head from the Collectors. Bad move. So you fight to where Jack's being held and you let Jack out, and you realize letting Jack out is probably an even worse idea. Because she starts tearing a hole through the fucking space station. And the whole space station goes on high alert... Um, you're basically following in her destructive path as she's blowing through what Emir mechs, which are these giant heavy mechs, and you're basically just going through her path of destruction. Eventually, she gets the space station to where it's going to um, crash. Uh, you kill the warden, blah 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 blah. You pick her up. It's all cool. She's very distrustful of Cerberus because Cerberus experimented on her when she was a child. Good times. The next one is Professor Oak here, which is on some garbage planet. I don't know, remember what it's called. Uh, you get there, and more mercenaries are there. Um, you find out that Oak here is making Krogan clones, and they're trying to have their own Krogan army. 
Uh, there's some funny interactions with, like, there's one Merc who thinks he's bleeding out when he's actually not. Um, and then you can meet, like, this one Krogan who's, like, he was tank-born and he's, like, barely a day old. Um, on your way to Akira's office, you can run into an Asari scientist by the name of Ranathanoptis, who was in, uh, not Garrus. <laughs> Saren's research labs and if you let her survive uh she'll be there and she'll be like i remember you blah 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 blah. you let me live i know my i'm getting the hell out of here before you blow this place to hell okay uh and then when you meet okir you think okir is going to be distrustful of you because you got rid of the krogan the cure for the genophage last go around he's like no fuck the genophage i don't care about that i'm just trying to create a perfect soldier i i want you to help me but and he's ta- starts talking about um, getting help from you for a price or whatever. Basically, his escape from that. Um, and you find out he's actually cr- finished his project to create a perfect Krogan soldier. And uh, the lady who is upset with Okir because like uh, you went back on your contract, I'm going to kill you. Uh, shows up and starts releasing a lot of the Krogan. Uh, tank soldiers and but almost potentially kills his perfect soldier uh, you go down you kill her you kill all the little tank bread Krogan come back something happened Okir died I think he got poisoned somehow uh, he, at, he pleads with his last plea is for you to take his one perfect soldier with you and uh, basically let him live his life this one grunt um, and he's still in his little pod uh, big Krogan. Um, when you get him on the ship, I always do it immediately. I go down there, I crack open the case. Krogan comes out. Krogan doesn't know what's going on. Krogan angry. Krogan throws me against the wall. <laughs> um, but this Krogan is very calm and collected, and says, "Before I kill you, I need a name." You tell. You tell. Uh, the crow you know, like my name is Shepard and that's not all you're going to get or something he's like not your name my name and then uh, he comes to the conclusion that his name is going to be Grunt and uh, if you're able to convince him you don't have to do anything uh, he'll stop but otherwise uh, this is when you find when Grunt finds out that you have a po- pistol pointing at his gut and uh, if you if you don't convince him, you shoot him a couple times. He's like, ha, 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 I like you. you I will follow you until I, f- I think you're weak or something. Uh, kind of the same thing happens the other way around, except for uh, he agrees to follow you, and you're like, good choice. And you poke him with the gun. He's like, oh, ha, <laughs> smart. I like it. And then uh, something about, you know, if you choose weak enemies, I'll have to turn against you. At this point, you get a priority message from the elusive man. There's this planet called there's this colony called horizon it's getting attacked by collectors uh morden has his anti his uh counter defense ready to go go down there it's your first real encounter with the collectors and some of their stuff you see them uh those seeker swarms immobilize people and they load them in these pods um there's some discourse you find some husks and you're like okay yeah we definitely know the reapers are involved um before the mission starts here, remaining human ally from the first game, you see them on the planet, 
and they get stung by the seeker swarms. They're one of the first people stung. And uh, you don't know what happens to them the whole time. Uh, you find someone who was able to hide from them for a while. Uh, you get to the end of the mission and there's like this big anti-aircraft tower and you bring, you have Edie who is the AI on the Normandy, the new AI on the Normandy that service installed. Um, have her bring it online and uh, she fires uh, at the ship until basically it's uh, a wa waves. You fend, fend off a couple waves uh, and then there's a boss fight with a Praetorian? Basically this big floating thing that has human heads in it. Good times. Um, so you have a big boss fight with that. As soon as you kill it, the collector ship bolts away. Took some damage, not a whole lot. Um, you're, you're, the guy that you found comes out. You can't just let them get away, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, oh, there's not really a whole lot I can do. And that's when your human squad mate comes back. And they're like... Uh, his name's Delan. They're like, you're standing in the presence of a god, Delan. Back from the dead. Shut the fuck up. Basically. Um, Shepard and Caden or Ashley have their little conversation. Like, oh my, and they're either like, I, they basically say, I can't believe you're still alive. And then you realize that they don't trust you because you're working with Cerberus. Either way, it doesn't matter. They don't trust you because you're working with Cerberus. Um, and they refuse to go with you. And there's a little bit of a falling out. When you uh, <laughs> get back, uh, the elusive man's kind of an asshole about it. I was like, I hope you put that behind you. I was like, fuck off, dude. I don't care. You know, fuck off. That's personal business. It is what it is. Um, this is when you get introduced to loyalty missions. Um, basically, every squad mate has a loyalty mission. Uh, it starts off with Jack and Miranda. Um, Jack's is not Jack. Jacob and Miranda. Uh, Jacobs is called the Gift of Greatness and has to deal with his dad. Um, basically, his dad was on a ship that crash-landed, and then all of a sudden the SOS beacon goes off for it, and you find out he was running, like, a harem, and he's being an asshole. He's a big asshole. Nobody likes him. And then uh, Jacob has to deal with the consequences of that. Miranda's is called the Prodigal. You find out that... Uh, basically, it goes through her talking about how she was basically cloned from her father's DNA. And same thing with her sister. Her sister is significantly younger than her though. And she uh, kid didn't kidnap her sister. She really rescued her sister. Which that's what Miranda says anyways. From her dad. And like had her placed with a uh, different family. And she's trying to make sure that they get moved somewhere okay. But there's some hiccups with that. And one of her old friends that helped her escape. Um doesn't make it easy on her and there's some big fights that one's on ilium i'll talk a little bit more about ilium in a little bit you also get three new dossiers you get the justicar which is samara which is your asari squad mate uh she's basically a somewhere between a knight and a samurai something like that um she's also kind of a vigilante uh she's hunting what are called Ardot Yakshi. Um, when Asari have children with other Asari, they're called purebloods. If that continues to happen, a genetic defect can happen, which is what Ardot Yakshi are called. Ardot Yakshi um, are sterile, and when they mind meld with other beings, it kills the other being. And 
crazy ones really enjoy it. And one of her daughter, her daughters are actually, and her oldest daughter is, she's hunting her oldest daughter because her oldest daughter enjoys it. You go to Ilium looking for her. Uh, she's looking for her daughter, Morinth. Um, basically, you help her complete her investigation on Ilium. Her daughter's not there, but because you helped her, she's willing to join your cause for now. The other dossier is called The Assassin. Basically, you go to these towers. For this, in the first, in Aspect 1, there's this lady. Her name was Nasana Dantius. She's a politician. She used you to kill her sister, who was a mercenary. Uh, she moved to Ilium. She has these towers named after her. Thane is hunting her. He was, uh, he's an assassin hired to kill her. You're trying to catch him so he can come with you because you need his skills. You find... You get to Ranath, not Rana. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get to Nasana first, but Nasana, but Thane pops in and kills her and her bodyguards. Talk Thane into coming with you. Find out he's actually terminally ill with a disease called Keprel syndrome. Basically, his race, the um, his race called the Drell, um, their planet uh, was dying, and the Hanar who are basically big jellyfish, saved them. Well, their planet was, uh, called Rakana, I think? Um, was very arid and dry. But the Hanar homeworld is very humid and wet and has something to do with, um, because of the big change in, um, biomes and stuff, it causes their lungs and stuff not to produce their equivalent of hemoglobin properly and they basically suffocate he's got that he's terminal but he's not late stages he can still function so he joins the team the other dossier is for tally she's on this planet called haystrom you go there you find out that the sun is frying everything electrical so you step out in the sun and it'll fry your shields uh, and there are geth everywhere. Um, basically you have to fight through the geth. There's a part where you fight an armature at the end, which is pretty cool. Uh, you meet another core, her entire quarantine, except for one guy, uh, Cal Rieger, dies again. Um, also along the way you find out that Tally has been building an admiration for Shepard and Shepard's actions. and kind of mimicking what Shepard does. Um, you meet, uh, Cal Rieger. Cal Rieger's voiced by the great Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin's amazing. Um, you help him. You can make him sit down or he can help you fight the armature. I usually make his ass sit down because I have a pretty solid way of killing the armature. Uh, you get to Tally. Tally's like, okay, this was my mission. I can come with you. Um, after she comes with you, you get an email from her dad who says, "You better basically, you better watch out for her because I'm watching. Um... At this point, when you start getting all the loyalty missions, I already talked about Jacob's The Gift of Greatness and Miranda's The Prodigal. Um, I'll go through the list of the rest of them and kind of give a brief description. So, Garrus is called Eye for an Eye, which is you go to the Citadel, you're tracking down his, the, his team member that escaped and basically betrayed him. Uh, you get to bring out, you get to meet an old friend. Uh, his name his. He's going by the name Fade. However, in actuality, his name is 
Good old Harkin. That bastard from Mass Effect 1. Yeah, he's there. Um, you have to fight a lot of Blue Suns and their mechs, and there's a big fight with a double There's a double Ymir, Emir mech fight, which kind of sucks. You can catch Harkin, beat the shit out of Harkin, maybe kill Harkin on accident. Um, after that, he leads you to Sedonis. Which gives you the opportunity to convince Garrus to to let Garrus kill him or convince Garrus to spare him. At this point, either way, Garrus, well, Garrus, you'll have Garrus's loyalty. Uh, I always try to spare Sidonis because that's not Garrus. Garrus doesn't feel that Garrus doesn't usually act like that. I understand he's upset, but you know it is what it is. The next one is Grunt Rite of Passage. Um, basically, sometime after you recruit Grunt, he starts acting very angry and you don't know what it is and basically it comes out that you think he's suffering from something uh it's a maturity thing it's a not a maturity thing but it's like a uh adolescence thing because grunt's basically a child um so you have to take him to tuchanka you get to see rex again if rex is still alive basically he has to go through the rite of passage um they take you up to the surface of tuchanka a hammer hits the ground a couple times you f at first you fight some baron and you fight some of these things called kilkins which are big uh exploding bug things the last thing you fight in this round is uh, a thresher maw which that was fun <coughs> um you can either kill it or survive the time limit either way i always try to kill it because killing it's awesome at the end uh this other krogan who was kind of being a dick shows up and is like hey you can come join me and blah 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 i don't really like you but you know we'd make a strong team and grunt's like fuck you and then you can kill him basically grunt's awesome i love grunt i have a grunt plushie he's great then you have jack subject zero which is basically getting to the bottom of going to where jack was tested because jack wants to blow it up and some for some reason there are blood pack there find out a guy hired blood pack to uh, basically help him restart the facility uh, he was a uh, test subject there so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense you can either talk basically make jack kill him or you can convince jack not to kill the guy either way the facility gets blown up whatever after that we have morden old blood um back on tuchanga um go with morden to uh find his it was like his lab assistant went missing on tuchanka uh you go to help him find his lab assistant and you find out that he's actually been working with a krogan clan to partially overthrow clan erdnot and rex but also to uh cure the genophage morden doesn't like that the clan he was going to cure is also a bad clan too you can convince morden to let him live or you can let him kill his uh ex lab assistant and then you also have the decision of destroying the data or keeping the data always keep the data uh then you have samara the ardot yakshi uh you actually helping her find her daughter it involves acting cool in a club basically this one requires a lot of high either paragon or renegade to get through it in one piece with and being able to make the decision at the end because at the end you can choose morinth over samara which kind of sucks to be honest but um 
Basically, it's just you act, trying to act cool in a club to draw Morinth out. If you mess up and run her off, then you won't get Samara's loyalty. <coughs> then you have Tally Treason, which is... You find out Tally's been charged with treason by the Quarians. Uh, you f she's been sending bits and pieces of Geth parts to her dad for test weapon testing so they can try to retake her their home world of Rannoch. Um, you find out that he's been bringing them online... And when he accidentally wasn't paying attention as well as he should have, and they gained sentience and killed everybody on the ship. And you can either... You have a couple of options. You can... If you don't have a high enough uh, persuasion, you can rally the crowd. You can let Tally take the fall. You can present the evidence. If you present the, if you present the evidence, Tally won't be loyal. Or you can also convince, if you have a high enough persuasion, you can persuade them and, you know, Tally will be like, I don't know how you did that. And then you'll find it. And then people will be like, I want you to be my lawyer if we have a, if we get a parking ticket. Um, after that, you have Thane, Sons of the Father. Basically, Thane's son, Kolyat, is kind of following in his footsteps. And you're trying to stop him from assassinating somebody who maybe not be very, might, might not be bad, great. But um, with the help of uh, Commander Bailey with CSEC, Citadel Security, basically the police force, you can track down Thane's kid and stop him from doing that if you do stuff right. That one's really good. I love all of these. Um, I actually really like the ones that don't have any combat involved just because they're all story driven. Uh, those are the Ardot Yakshi and Sons of the Father. Uh, those ones are actually really great, and I love that they're both on new characters. It's fantastic. Uh, Garrus's is good, except for, you know, the last fight. The last big fight is really tough. Um, Miranda's is fantastic, the Prodigal. Um, they're all just really good. But anyways, uh, after that, I mean, you don't get access to all of them immediately, and you can't do them before the, the next big mission. I just wanted to knock all those out. After you do, I think it's five missions, you get a call from uh, the Elusive Man. Basically, the collector ship that attacked Horizon has been knocked off. They found it, and it's, like, incapacitated, and he wants you to go there and investigate. So you go there. Um, you see the inside, there's a bunch of dead bodies. You see all the... I won't call them caskets, but they're just cases where they stuffed humans in. Um, you immediately get to upgrade your weapon, so you get to either... If you're not playing a soldier, you're playing a class that doesn't have access to shotgun, assault rifle, or sniper rifle, you can get access to those. If you already have access to those, you can upgrade it to a better weapon, like um, the Claymore is a shotgun, the Revenant is an assault rifle, and the Widow is a sniper rifle. If you're playing as a soldier, you can get one of the one of those three upgrades. The widow's the best. After that, you know, it's just you're kind of walking through. Everything's kind of creepy. Nothing's really happening. Uh, you get to the center of the ship, and you can see exactly how big it is, and how many people it looks like they're trying to take, and it looks like they they could fill it with a large colony, or they say Earth, but it wasn't. It's probably not big enough to hit Earth get to the middle and you let ed gain access when you do you trigger their trap um that's when all hell breaks loose you get 
Move to the middle. I think the Normandy gets a small virus that ED has to fight off. I don't know. It kind of looks like a virus. It looks like the virus from Independence Day. <laughs> the It's not the laughing head, but it's uh, Collector kind of laughing at Joker. It was kind of funny. Um, then you have to start fighting off waves of Collectors and Husks. And the new form of Husks was their abominations and they explode. And then... Uh, not Praetorians. I don't remember what the big guys with the gun arms are. If you start fighting more of those. Near the end, you have to fight off Praetorian again. And then, um, the last little bit. Because once you get going, it's like, oh, the collector ship's powering up. We gotta get out of here. It's gonna blow us, blow a hole in the Normandy. The last run to the shuttle is just a long chamber full of husks and abominations. And it's a pain if you don't have a way to get rid of them all. Um, the this is actually considered one of the harder missions just because of the variety of husks, abominations, and other collector creatures. It's pretty rough, actually. And you can... There's one part where you can run out of ammo just because you didn't... You can run out on Insanity, you can run out of ammo, and it's really hard. After that, you find out that you need a IFF to go through the Omega-4 Relay to where... That's where the Collector's homeworld is, is through the Omega-4 Relay. In the Omega system, there's an, a second Relay. To get access to that, you need a Reaper IFF. The Lucid Man knows where one's at because they know where a Reaper corpse is. It's floating in the atmosphere of a Brown Dwarf. You can go immediately... Or this is your opportunity to do all your loyalty missions, side missions, and stuff. Generally, this is when I knock out the, all the loyalty missions. Before playing Legendary Edition, always save either Miranda or Jax for last. That way your Paragon and Renegade are maxed out. Always save Miranda or Jax for last, and also do Samaros around that time frame too. Just so you can make sure you get through it and make the decision you want to make. After you do all that, you go to the Reaper ship to get the IFF. For Mass Effect 2, Secondary Codex, The Master Thief, Kasumi's Secrets, Lady Liberty. The Statue of Liberty was the target of several terrorist attacks over its 210-year lifetime. But in 2096, a motley group called Freedoms First finally brought the statue down, protesting the induction of Canada and Mexico into the United North American States, the New York chapter of Freedoms First wanted a symbol that they would secede from this new union if necessary. In the early morning hours of November 1st, they smuggled small arms and 15.5 tons of high explosive onto Liberty Island. Shooting or capturing the guards, they planted the explosives under the pedestal and detonated them at 7.37 a.m. The statue crashed to the ground in pieces, unexpectedly killing four of the Freedom's first terrorists. The remaining team members were apprehended after a long manhunt, but the damage was done. The outrage at the secessionists kindled the fires of the Second American Civil War. On November 4th, President Caitlin Chung signed an executive order to rebuild the statue. Approximately one-tenth of the steel beams and copper plating from the destroyed statue was recovered and used in creating the new one. The original's head was put on display at the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C. It remained there for two years until the Battle of Washington. During heavy shelling by secessionist forces, the head disappeared. A new statue was completed in 2101.
uh, you land, stuff's not quite right. You go into the Reaper, you start experiencing. You, you don't really experience hallucinations, but you hear the audio logs of people who did experience hallucinations. Uh, there's comments about how the ship's not quite right. You start getting attacked by. Not collectors, but it's husks and abominations. And I think some of the other collector type creatures just for uh, variety um, part way through you're walking and a sniper shoots a husk some husks down from around you and you find out that there's a geth on the ship remember the geth I was talking about earlier in the trailer it's that one and he's wearing a piece of n7 armor lo and behold um he actually calls you by name, Shepherd Commander. And then part of it's trying to figure out what he's doing there. Uh, so you get to the core of the Reaper because your a barrier goes up, and you have to uh, destroy the Reaper core in order to bring the barrier down so you can escape. And the IFF's on the way, so you grab the IFF, you go in there, you find the Geth. He's been knocked unconscious by a husk. You go to blow up the core. It's another wave assault, whatever. You escape with the Geth. At this point, you can either, when you get back to the ship, you can either sell the Geth, or you can wake him up. I think you also have the option to get rid of him, just throw him out the airlock, but I always wake him up because the Legion's great. Uh, so you go down there, there's this cool bit where you do some hacking, he wakes up, he talks about uh, being like you oppose the old machines. He explains that all the Geth you fought before are called heretics. Basically, they don't agree with them. Blah, 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 blah. Basically, he wants to help you. I say he. It's really they. Because at this point in time, Legion is actually a they. Not they in the sense that they're, they, they're gender, gender-wise. It's they in the sense of plural. Um, I talked about this with uh, Fire Rider on the Pixel People podcast a little bit. Um... At this point in time, because of the way Legion works, Legion's personality is made up of a bunch of different programs, and all of them are individuals. So when you talk to Legion, it's they. I'm always going to call Legion he, though, just because of <coughs> just because of the storyline and uh, what ends up happening. And it's Legion deserves to have singular be referred to singularity. I know it's still technically Legion doesn't really have gender, but it's vo- Legion is voiced by DC Douglas. DC Douglas is awesome. And DC Douglas is also a dude. But for the sake of for the sake of clarifying, Legion is a they, because of plural. Um, plural as in plural entities within Legion. Um, you also get the name Legion from the Bible. Uh, we are my name is Legion for we are many has to do with a story about uh, is Jesus uh, I can't remember what the whole town was I don't remember, it was Gospel of Mark something something uh, and Jesus met a man who was possessed by a bunch of demons the possessed person told Legion my, or told Jesus my name is Legion for we are many uh, Jesus basically kicked them out of the person and but they were afraid to die or something said let us go into there's a herd of pigs or something like let's go into those pigs so jesus like okay so let him go into pigs and then jesus told the people the town to slaughter the pigs or something 
crazy story. Kind of enjoy it. Um, anyways, you meet Legion. Uh, Legion tells you about this is where you get Legion's loyalty mission too, because no time really passed. You immediately get Legion's loyalty mission. That there's a heretic base. Um, I don't know if it's really to make maybe give you some a reason to trust Legion. But also they were kind of looking for the heretic base because these people are bad. The heretics are bad and also bad for the Geth as a whole because they don't, they agree with the Reapers and not the Geth themselves. So it's, you go there, you find out that they were actually spying on the Geth proper and legions hurt, like hurt, hurt. Doesn't really understand why they would do that. Why are they spying on us? We're, we're one, we're just, we're Geth. Uh, they, Legion doesn't understand. And you have, at the end, you have a decision. Destroy the heretic base or rewrite them to think like the Geth. Because at the end of the day, the only difference is a computing error. But it's not even an error, it's a computing difference. Um, a calculation comes out, a, calcul a critical calculation comes out with a different outcome for the heretics and what comes out with the base Geth. Good times. You can either just choose to destroy them or rewrite them. I usually choose to destroy them because I'm not really big on brainwashing. Which point you escape, uh, Tally, and when you escape, you come back to the Normandy, Tally, and Legion have a confrontation similar to the one Miranda and Jack have. Better convince them to play nice or you might end up losing one. Also, at this point, if you have not been upgrading the Normandy... Now's the time to do it, because before going to the Mega 4 Relay, and Fire Rider, I'm talking to you if you're listening, you need to upgrade the armor on the Normandy, you also need to upgrade the weapons, and the shields. Those are the only three mandatory upgrades for the Normandy, before going through the, the point of no return. Trust me on this. <laughs> um... After this, if you have no other loyalty missions, I don't know if it's af if you don't have any more or if it's something else, but because I usually do them all before this point, you go to the galaxy map, they're like, hey, you bet, you know, we're working on the Reaper IFF, you better take the uh, um, shuttle for this. So the entire squad, for whatever reason, that's everybody, all the squad mates you can use, jump on the shuttle and leave the Normandy. And they leave it in Joker and Edie's hands. Okay, what could go wrong? Well, then you find out that the Reaper, the IFF is actually projecting uh, the Normandy's location and the collectors come by. And then they take everybody on the ship except for Joker. And this is the beginning of the best mission in the entire game where you get to play the Joker hiding from the collectors. <laughs> I like to call it Metal Gear Joker. Um... Anyway, so you sneak through the ship. Uh, you basically get to give Edie full control of the Normandy. You, she had AI shackles to keep her in check. You remove those shackles, and then she immediately makes a joke about humans on their knees and basically obeying her. <laughs> um, you get to the end. Uh, Edie's able to clear the ship of collectors, but all the other human uh, shipmates are gone. They come back, you come back, uh, they tell you what happened. 
Miranda ribs Joker for being incompetent. Um, you can calm everybody down. You go back to talk to Joker afterwards. He's mad at you for leaving him. Rightly so. Who the fuck takes everybody off the ship? At this point is when you can trigger the point of no return. This is the point of no return. You already passed it. In all honesty, if you've done the Reaper IFF, you triggered the point of no return. Um, because after you get to this point, if you go and start doing missions, you start losing shipmates. If you do enough missions, you can lose the entire crew of the Normandy. That's not good. At this point, I immediately go for the Omega-4 Relay. And if, you know, you go, if you're romancing somebody, they'll have their little scene where they come talk to Shepard and you do stuff. Stuff. Things. If you're remaining loyal to your Mass Effect 1-1, Shepard will go up to the cabin. They'll look at the picture of whoever it is. Um, I don't know what happens if you haven't been romancing anybody, to be honest, because I haven't seen that. That's That would be interesting. Um, after that, you come out, uh, the elusive man congratulates you on how far you've come. Huzzah. So you go to the relay, the IFF starts to kind of overload the core of the ship. It gets through, everything's peachy. Um, you realize, I haven't said this before, the collector base is in the galactic core, it's in the center of the galaxy. (coughs) When you get there, it's a fucking garbage heap there's trash ships everywhere and a lot of them are old <coughs> and they talk about oh, these ships look ancient start going through you get attacked by these things like they're called oculi oculus oculus bots maybe i don't remember they're basically just floating eyes that chase you over and shoot lasers out of their eye this is where your upgrades start to play a role because your shield and your armor will be tested. If your armor is not up to snuff, Jack immediately dies. It's always Jack. Right out the gate. It's always 100% of the time Jack gone if you did not upgrade your armor. If the shields get tested a little bit later, uh, depending on... Because there's a part where you're fighting the Oculus droid in the hole of the ship... Um, depending on who you have with you, it could be Garrus, uh, Tali, Thane. I think it starts off with Thane and moves its way down to who it could be. But one of them will be vaporized if you did not upgrade the shields. <coughs> After you destroy the Oculus, things are kind of chill for a little bit. You come out of the debris field. There's a debris field. You come out of the debris field. Mind you, this entire scene's just fantastic and epic the score is amazing said so you come out of the debris field the collector ship attacks if you didn't upgrade the weapons you'll lose somebody else it's either garius or thane again i don't remember which probably depending on who you have with you too it's a cool scene because you know it's the same collector ships that's been hounding you for since you died no matter what you get to blow them away it's really great when you have the upgraded thanix cannons because they don't do shit to you. They can't hit you and then you blow them away. However, blowing them away causes a big shockwave and causes the Normandy to crash land on the collector base. Takes a really bad hit on one of the wings too. 
at this point you have to figure out your plan of attack. The first section <clears throat> you have to pick a squad leader and somebody to go in through these uh, air vents because they have to hack their way through the air vents to let people in on both sides and your job is to basically to get them there because there's, there's going to be blockages and you have to open the blockages for them <clears throat> there's three people who can do it uh kasumi legion and tally choose anybody else they're going to die then the other one's the squad leader uh basically they're just leading the other fire team uh it can be miranda jacob or garris garris for sure is old one because i always choose garris to do it um, it'll be one of those three, I think. Like I said, I always choose Garrus to do it because this is Garrus's time to shine as a squad leader. So you go through and it's just collector waves. And it's got some of the best... This whole mission, the suicide mission is what this game built up to. And they deliver. The suicide mission from start to end is some of the best gaming you'll ever play. The timing, the... <clears throat> sense of urgency everything is amazing you're fighting through the collectors you get to a spot um i usually have tally go through the vents. she'll get to a spot i'm like oh there's a blockage i need help and she'll be getting and because it's hot in those air vents she'll start getting hotter and you have to like you know hit the door to open for her when you get to the end um there's this awesome cutscene where she's open she's opened uh their doors and your doors and she's able to get their doors closed, but she's not able to get your doors closed. So, basically, both fire teams are positioned to, like, hold the door. And it's always great with Garrus, because Garrus is, like, lines everybody up and is like, Don't let anybody through that door! And you have Tally over in the corner who's working on the thing. And if it's somebody who's not loyal, or if it's somebody that's not Tally, they'll take a rocket to the face and die. <laughs> um... Or if it's somebody who's not loyal or somebody who's not Tally, uh, Legion, or Kasumi, they'll take a rocket to the face and die. Jacob volunteers? Don't let Jacob do it. He's a fucking dumbass. Sometimes I like letting Jacob do it just because it's funny. <clears throat> but normally he'll just die. <clears throat> um, the next one. I think this is when you find your crew. So you get there. You find your crew there in their pods. You watch a lady who, if you got there just immediately it's a lady from uh horizon <clears throat> if you didn't it's kelly chambers your yeoman so basically your secretary for the entire game that you might have been feeding your fish is there and you can watch her get dissolved into sludge regardless somebody gets dissolved um if you do it like me and you do it immediately you don't have to worry about losing kelly or anybody and it's, you know, this quick race against time. Like, there's this whole thing where they're racing against time to get the doors open before they get dissolved. And the last person out is Dr. Chakwas. And it's great because they get it open and Chakwas falls out right into Shepard's arms. She thanks you profusely for saving her and the crew, especially if you save the crew. <laughs> um, at this point, you have to make three decisions. Because the crew needs to get back to the Normandy, but they can't do it on their own. If you send them by themselves, they're all going to die. The best choice is a loyal Morden. Every time. always choose, Should always be somebody who's loyal, 
But that person, if it's Morton who's loyal, you should send him. Because there's a chance he could die later on accident. But always send loyal Morton. They'll get there, everybody will be safe. Then you have to choose another fire team leader. Again, I choose Garrus. The other problem is, is you have a giant seeker swarm on the other path that Shepherd Squad's going through. Morden's countermeasure won't work, so you have to create a biotic barrier. Biotic barrier has got to be a strong biotic. It's either going to be Jack or Samara. Normally, I make Jack do it because it's fun having Jack do it because she has some great lines now and later. Uh, if you choose anybody else, you're going to lose somebody. The fight through is really cool because you have to stay inside the inside the little bubble and you fight through and she'll whoever it is i say she'll because the two people who can do it are both females they'll stop at points and basically it'll just be your hold the line moment where you fight off for a little bit and when you get through the waves tell them to move on <clears throat> um and then you know you get to the last little section and it's kind of like running and that's when the abominations and husks start popping up and you get a really cool scene where they get pissed and throw a biotic shockwave up the ramp at the collectors and stuff. If you don't choose the right person or you choose somebody who's not loyal, uh, the Seeker Swarms will carry one of them away. There is a relatively hilarious uh, video on YouTube of Grunt being carried away and I feel bad because I love Grunt, but it's still kind of funny. <clears throat> so you get in, you have to let the other fire team through. If you chose somebody who's not loyal here, they'll die. Like, that's just who it is. Or if you choose somebody bad, they'll die. Uh, because it stops and, like, there's a moment where they act like they're hurt. I've lost people on this one before on accident and had to start over because I didn't realize that they were not good fire team leaders. Um, but, you know, we come through and usually it's Garrus. He has that whole second where he stops. He's like, I'm not sure. No, I'm good. We're good. So the final section, there's no choices. You just choose your squad. However, there are still things at play. Every character has like a value assigned to them. Don't have above a certain value, you can lose a character if they're below a certain value, which is why you can lose more than on accident, especially if you take Garrus with you because Garrus has one of the higher values in the game. So, if you do that, you can actually accidentally lose Morden without knowing it. But then you have your whole speech, hold the line, the long fight ahead. You get to the center of the collector base and you find out what they've been taking humans for. They're building a fucking human reaper. So, it's okay, whatever, they're building a human reaper. Um, you see these tubes. You can shoot the tubes. Well, you do have to shoot the tubes. You shoot the tubes, the Reaper falls. Hey, it's all over. Game over. Roll credits. Nope. Um, the Reaper comes up, and then you have a boss fight with it, which is where you have to shoot its weak spot. All the while, collectors are attacking you. Um, this is a good time to use the M920 cane. When I did my Insanity playthrough, I actually missed my shot with the M920 cane, and I was pissed. <laughs> um... I wasn't very happy. Let's just put it that way. Somehow I got through, but I wasn't very happy. <clears throat> but that fight—that fight's grueling, because uh, the uh, human reaper will pop up and hit you, or shoot you, and drop your shields. 
and if it shoots you, it drops your shield. Your shields won't come back up for a while. Uh, ammo is pretty scarce. There's collectors swarming you. It's kind of a pain. When you blow, when you kill the Reaper, though, it's when you get, uh, before that even, actually, I just remembered this. When you initially think you kill the Reaper, there's this whole part where you make the decision to destroy the collector base or do some kind of purge to kill the collectors but make sure the collector base stays intact um i always destroy it because fuck the elusive man because that's when he shows his role his true colors you also get a cool scene with the other fire team and they're talking about they're holding the line basically they come back like yeah we're kind of in the shit uh any day now like all right head back to normandy we'll we'll meet you there um so you can either blow it up or, you know, cause the purge. Uh, if Miranda's with you and she's loyal to you, she'll agree with you. And she'll basically tell the elusive man to fuck off and will give you the grenade to blow up the collector base. It's pretty great. Otherwise, if you have Tally with you, she always does it because she there's a line earlier in the game about giving you a grenade to, stop Cer- to destroy servers from the inside. That one's pretty great too. Um, anyways, so you kill the, you kill the Reaper, the, the pedestal you're on falls, there's this cool scene where, like, you're sliding back and forth trying to make sure squad mates don't fall to their death, uh, you're, it's not a pedestal, it's a platform, your platform crashes into another one, you wake up a little bit later, Shepard's got stuff on them, it's like, I-beams or whatever they pick up throw the beams off them they go and they check on their, their squad mates are with them uh, they check on their squad mates make sure they're okay if they are loyal they will survive this and at this point you have to have at least one loyal squad mate to survive the game <clears throat> I believe it's either one or two you have to have one or two squad mates survive to the, past this point and in order to do that, you have to have at least a couple of loyal squad mates. Otherwise, it's really bad and Shepard will die. You will know this because your squad mates will, at this point, when those squad mates are with you, if they get up, they're fine. You're fine. You're good. If they don't get up, then you have cause to worry. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so you start helping them up. Shepard will call the Normandy. Um, you'll get the status of whether or not the crew got back or not. Um, if they didn't, you'll get a short cutscene of the collectors running past their dead bodies, whoever died. Unfortunately, I've lost Jack a lot of times, so a lot of times I saw Jack's body laying here. Um, then you get the epic running away from the collectors chasing Shepard and crew out. Uh, you get the amazing, uh, soundtrack. So the Normandy pulls up, the other two... I always have the other two squad mates live. That's just always what happens. They jump in. Shepard's behind them. Collectors are shooting at them. They're running. Their explosion's going off. You get the epic shot of Shepard full running. And then... I think it's Joker's and Yeah, Joker's in the... Uh, uh, opening the little hatch. Shooting uh, Avenger at... Uh, M8 Aven- it's not an Avenger, is it? an assault rifle no it is an avenger shooting an avenger out of the uh um hatch of the normandy just try to give shepherd time to get there and uh you get the awesome scene of shepherd running and then 
making their jump their uh jump to survive and hanging on for dear life and uh if you don't have surviving squad mates joker's not able to save shepherd and shepherd's like oh tell everybody the reapers are coming blah 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 and shepherd falls to their death um however if you do have surviving squad mates they help shepherd get in everybody runs into the normandy joker's like hold on tight this could get bumpy real quick um Edie's telling you how much time's left uh you still have the amazing soundtrack playing uh the for me the collector base is exploding otherwise if it's not blowing up you have the uh field or whatever chasing you the normandy is right in front of it and then the normandy jumps to ftl flight everybody and everybody on the ship gets away it's amazing uh you go from that to shepherd and the elusive man talking um Depending on what you chose to do, the Lucid Man will either be pissed at you or mildly grateful. Either way, I like telling sh- I like telling them to fuck off, and I turn the I shut the. Basically, I always go against them, and then I uh, cut communications. It's an epic scene. Uh, goes from that to Shepard in the cargo bay. If you lost anybody during the final mission Shepard will have a moment to basically over their casket basically otherwise everybody's just kind of doing some light repair work on the ship kind of organizing stuff um I think it's Joker and you know they all kind of acknowledge Shepard or whatever and Joker walks over and gives Shepard a uh data pad has a picture of a reaper on it Shepard looks out a hole in Normandy because some holes got blown into it. And music playing. It's the Mass Effect, one of the Mass Effect themes. Uh, cuts away to Dark Space, and you see the Reapers coming through out of Dark Space. Like, off, they go from silhouetted to in full light. Also, you find out that. <clears throat> Harbinger has been controlling the collectors, and he released control of the collectors because the entire time you've been fighting, he'll take control of a collector, and you have to fight it over a superpowered collector. You find out he's been controlling the collector commander this entire time, and he released control of them when you blew up the collector base. And it cuts away, and the one collector you see immediately is Harbinger, and all the other Reapers, and they're coming towards the Milky Way and it cuts to credits and that's Mass Effect 2 <laughs> um, I rambled a lot longer than I wanted to um, I'm probably going to be over by a fair bit nowhere near as bad as the first one um, but yeah Mass Effect 2 is still one of my favorite games of all time I can't wait for M.E.L.E.'s version I I'm looking, really looking forward to playing through it and getting some trophies for it. <laughs> um, yeah, let me, you know, on Twitter, let me know what y'all think about Mass Effect 2. Um, there are a lot of people that say that Mass Effect 2 was actually kind of the downfall of Mass Effect. There are some people that say that the story for Mass Effect 2 was useless or uh, wasn't a natural progression. There's a lot of weird opinions that I don't necessarily agree with. I don't want to see them, though, because, you know, just because I don't agree with them doesn't mean they're not interesting to me. Uh, 
Um, but I personally love Mass Effect 2. I think it's better than 3 in a lot of ways, but I also think 3 is better, has some stuff going for it that are better than 2. Um, it's a tight race for me, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's it for me today. Um, I want to remind everybody about our Mass Effect Legendary Edition giveaway. If everything goes as planned, um, my copy of M.E.L.E. will be here on release day. I have to go out of town to pick it up, but I'm not that worried about it because the closest Best Buy is a little ways away from me, but I'm going to go pick it up. Uh, we'll be doing some streaming that weekend, and we'll be doing our giveaway. Um, be sure to check, you know, go check out the stream for the giveaway. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it's just going to be standard Legendary Edition stuff. I mean, it's going to be the standard Legendary Edition copy. Nothing special. But, I mean, it is a free copy of a game. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, be sure to like, share, subscribe. I mean, this isn't YouTube. <laughs> um, like, retweet, follow. Um, share with other people. Uh, I really appreciate it. And if you've made it this far, I really appreciate you listening to me. And putting up with me dragging y'all along for a while. Because I really meant to get this out like two months ago. And I feel terrible that I haven't been able to. It's just, well, life's been crazy. I really want to get things back to normal. Hopefully, they will here soon. But, um, yeah, that's going to be it for me today, guys. And with that, I should go. Equalizing interior pressure with exterior atmosphere. Logged. The commanding officer is ashore. <laughs>